evidence and answers. Is the Mormon doctrine of salvation the same as what the Bible says? Do we believe the same things? I was told that Mormonism is a cult, but I want to know the truth. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's episode of Evidence and Answers, we will continue on with a series that we started recently regarding the topic of Mormonism and what their doctrine is regarding salvation. Now with this exciting message is Pat Zucran. We've been going through our series on Mormonism, and we studied the Mormon doctrine of God, the Mormon doctrine of Jesus, and now we're on the Mormon doctrine of salvation. Now if you'd like to hear the previous series on the Mormon doctrine of God and the Mormon doctrine of Jesus, and hear the entire series, go to our website, Evidence and Answers, and there you can find all our teachings on Mormonism, along with other cults, Jehovah Witness, the Masons, and others. But there at evidenceandanswers.org, you can hear this entire series on Mormonism taught by me and some of the top scholars in the area of the cults, Jehovah Witness, Mormons, and others. I encourage you to go to Evidence and Answers and hear the entire series. Now, in our previous shows, I taught that Mormonism, although they claim to be Christian, have a very different doctrine of God, have a very different doctrine of Jesus. And when it comes to salvation, the gospel message, we'll learn once again that Mormonism has a very different gospel message than that which is taught in the Bible. Now, many Christians get confused when they're talking to their Mormon friends, and their Mormon friends state that salvation comes by grace coupled with gospel obedience. Now, that sounds good to many Christians. Many Christians think, well, I think we have a similar message here. But the problem is that Mormonism has redefined these key terms like salvation, grace, heaven, and they mean very different things. Now, when it comes to salvation, Mormonism has redefined salvation and has given it a split definition that is not taught in the Bible. Now, the Bible teaches that we are saved by grace through faith. God's grace is given to us through His Son, Jesus Christ, the gift of atonement there, and it is to be received by each person by faith, not by good works, but by faith alone is one made right or justified before God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 states, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. John 5, 24 says this, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. So according to Jesus' teaching here, a person has the fullness of eternal life when he believes in what Jesus Christ says about himself and receives Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Whoever believes, Jesus said, whoever hears my word and believes. So therefore, salvation comes by faith or in John, the word he often uses is believe, which is a synonym of faith, means to trust. Whoever trusts in the work of Jesus Christ has eternal life. It is not faith and good works. 
It is faith or belief alone one attains the gift of eternal life. In Romans 5, Paul states, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And so Paul here makes it clear that we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ. The work of salvation has been completed, not by us, but by Jesus Christ and His work upon the cross. Therefore, all people, by believing and trusting in Jesus Christ, can have the full gift of eternal life and right standing before God. That's what the Bible teaches. Now let's take a look at the gospel according to Mormonism. What does the Mormon church teach regarding salvation? Let's take a look. Now, in Mormonism, there are two aspects of salvation, general salvation and then what is called individual salvation. And it's clear to understand these two aspects of salvation. First, general salvation refers to the resurrection of all mankind. Christ's death on the cross only paid for our past sins or for Adam's sins and allows therefore all men and women to be resurrected from the dead. Resurrected but not exalted. I'll explain that distinction in just a little bit. But because of Christ's death, all men shall be resurrected and enter into one of the levels of heaven. Mormon apologist and theologian Bruce McConkie states this, that which comes by grace alone without obedience to gospel law and consists in the mere fact of being resurrected. In this sense, salvation is synonymous with immortality. It is the inseparable connection of body and spirit so that the resurrected personage lives forever. This kind of salvation eventually will come to all mankind, excepting the sons of perdition. Therefore, because of Christ's death, all of mankind will be resurrected immortal. And all the vast majority of mankind will enter into one of the three levels of heaven in Mormonism. It is only those who are very wicked and evil, the sons of perdition, in other words, Satan and the demonic hosts, and those who commit great acts of evil, mostly apostates, their ultimate destiny is not to enter into one of the levels of heaven, but into what is called outer darkness, which we will discuss later. So salvation, there is, a, there is the general salvation that was accomplished by Christ that allows all people to be resurrected unto eternal life. Now the second aspect of salvation is called individual salvation, and this goes beyond the resurrection of the body, but resurrection to exaltation unto Godhood. Remember, the goal of Mormonism is that every individual male by their good works can attain exaltation unto Godhood. And this is the fullness of salvation. So when a Mormon is talking about salvation, there's two aspects to it. General salvation and this one, individual salvation, the exaltation unto Godhood, which is what all Mormon men seek. Once again, Mormon apologist and theologian Bruce R. McConkie writes, Salvation in its true and full meaning is synonymous with exaltation or eternal life and consists in the gaining an inheritance in the highest of the three heavens within the celestial kingdom. This full salvation is obtained in and through the continuation 
of the family unit in eternity, and those who obtain it are gods. McConkie further adds, Salvation in the celestial kingdom, that's the highest level of heaven, in the celestial kingdom of God, however, is not salvation by grace alone. Rather, it is salvation by grace, coupled with obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. So understand in Mormonism, salvation in its fullest meaning is exaltation unto Godhood, and this involves faith and good works. Once again, Bruce R. McConkie writes, By believing in the truths of salvation, repenting of sins, and being baptized in water and spirit, the seeker after salvation places himself on the straight and narrow path which leads to eternal life. Thereafter, his progress upward is achieved by the performance of good works. He later on states, Full salvation is attained by virtue of knowledge, truth, righteousness, and all the true principles. Many conditions must exist in order to make salvation available to men. So understand that the goal in Mormonism is to attain Godhood, full exaltation. So you have general salvation, which is the resurrection of all mankind, but individual salvation is exaltation unto Godhood. This is the fullness of salvation, the goal in Mormonism. Brigham Young in the Journal of Discourses stated, The Lord created you and me for the purpose of becoming gods like himself. We are created to become gods like unto our Father in heaven. So this is the full salvation, the gospel of Mormonism. The Doctrine and Covenants, one of the sacred works in Mormonism, chapter 132 states that when a couple is sealed in the temple, it states, then they shall be gods because they have no end. Therefore, shall they be from everlasting to everlasting because they continue and they shall be above all because all things are subject to them. Then they shall be gods because they have all power and the angels are subject unto them. This attaining full exaltation unto Godhood, this is called eternal life in Mormonism. One of their key works, which every Mormon studies, is called the Gospel Principles, and it states, Exaltation is eternal life, the kind of life that God lives. We can become gods like our Heavenly Father. This is exaltation. Now, if you noticed, an essential part of the Mormon gospel message of attaining eternal life is the family unit. In Mormonism, marriage between a man and a woman is eternal. In the celestial heaven, the highest level of heaven, the husband and wife will continue to be married and procreate spirit children for all of eternity. And these spirit children will then have the opportunity on another planet to attain godhood as their parents before them have done. And this process is believed to have been going on from eternity past. That's why when couples are sealed in the temple, that is believed to be an eternal marriage that will continue into all eternity. Mormon theologian Bruce McConkie writes, The participating parties become husband and wife in this mortal life, and if after their marriage they keep all the terms and conditions of this order of the priesthood, they continue on as husband and wife in the celestial kingdom. Those so inheriting are the sons and daughters of God, the members of his family, those who have made their callings and elections sure. They are joint heirs with Christ to all that the Father hath, and they receive the fullness of glory of the Father, becoming gods 
in their own right. So in Mormonism, that is the gospel message. It deviates significantly from what the Bible teaches. Mormonism teaches that there is a general salvation for all of mankind, but then there is individual salvation. That's the goal of every Mormon individual, to attain exaltation unto Godhood. And that is attained by faith and performing good works. So in Mormonism, you have a gospel of faith and good works in hopes that you may attain exaltation unto Godhood. That is the gospel message of Mormonism. That's what they mean by eternal life. Now also key to the gospel message in Mormonism is that Mormonism teaches that there are three levels of heaven that one may achieve. The first is telestial, then terrestrial, and third, celestial. Former President Joseph Fielding Smith wrote this, The Lord will judge each individual case and will assign transgressor to that degree to which each is entitled according to his works. If a man only merits a place in the telestial, that will be his reward. If it should be the terrestrial, that he shall be admitted to that kingdom. In order to enter the celestial, a man must be true and faithful to the end, observing all things which the Lord has commanded. Otherwise he shall be assigned to some other kingdom, or to outer darkness, if his sins so merit. So in Mormonism, those are the three levels of heaven. Let's take a brief look at those right now. The lowest level of heaven is the telestial. This is the lowest of the kingdom of glory, and those who enter are the vast majority of mankind, most who live since Adam, many who have been carnal, sensual, and even devilish, and all who have rejected the Mormon gospel. The vast majority of mankind will be here at this level known as the telestial level. Now, the second level is called the terrestrial, and here it is taught that Individuals who make it to this level receive the presence of the Son, but not the fullness of the Father. The Doctrine and Covenants, chapter 76, says this differs in glory as the moon differs from the sun. Those who enter the second level are those who die without the law, not having had a chance to respond to the gospel of Mormonism. Those who reject Mormon teaching on earth, but repent in the spirit life. Honorable men who are deceived good Christian men and women, and members of the Mormon church who are lukewarm in their commitment or don't quite do enough to make it to the celestial kingdom. They're here at the second level called the terrestrial level. Now the third level of heaven, or the highest, is called the celestial kingdom. And the celestial kingdom is where Mormon men become gods of their own newly inherited world. Theologian Bruce R. McConkie states, In the celestial glory, there are three heavens of degrees. The highest of these is reserved for those who gain eternal life. All others are damned in the sense that their progress is limited. There are restrictions placed upon them. They have reached the end of their kingdom. They cannot have an increase. And most Mormons will not attain to this level of the highest heaven. In the celestial kingdom, the faithful Mormon attains exaltation to godhood, and like millions of gods before him, the Mormon couple will begin the process of populating their new kingdom. Mormon apostle Orson Pratt wrote, As soon as each god has begotten many millions of male and female spirits, and his heavenly inheritance becomes too small to comfortably accommodate his great family, 
he, in connection with his sons, organizes a new world after a similar order to the one which we now inhabit, where he sends both the male and female spirits to inhabit tabernacles of flesh and bones. And there upon this new planet, these spirit children can make their journey unto godhood as their parents and previous gods have done before them on other planets. Now, is there a hell in Mormonism? Yes, it's called outer darkness. And outer darkness is reserved for the extremely wicked, Satan, his followers, and the extremely wicked men and women called the sons of perdition. This is believed to be a holding place until the day of judgment and the resurrection after the millennium. Some will be allowed after the judgment into the lowest level of heaven, but those who do not repent will remain in outer darkness. Theologian Bruce McConkie writes, When the wicked depart from this life, they are cast into outer darkness, into hell where they have no part nor portion of the Spirit of the Lord, where they are spiritually dead. They remain spiritually dead in hell until the day of their resurrection. So following the judgment, those who are deemed worthy are allowed into the lowest level or the telestial kingdom of heaven, and those deemed not worthy are cast back into outer darkness. McConkie again states, After their resurrection, the great majority of those who have suffered in hell will pass into the telestial kingdom. The balance, cursed as sons of perdition, will be consigned to partake of endless woe with the devil and his angels. So as you can see in this brief survey of the Mormon gospel, the salvation doctrine in Mormonism differs greatly from what the Bible teaches. First, the Bible teaches that there is only one God, creator of all things, and there will always be only one God. Those of us who are his creation can never attain equal status as him. Men and women will not attain Godhood as God the Father or Jesus. Isaiah 44, 8 says, Do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. Here, God states that there is no one else like him. He knows of none other that are equal to him. Therefore, the Mormon goal of attaining exaltation unto Godhood is a false hope and a false gospel. Isaiah 43.10 states, You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I remember showing this verse to several Mormon missionaries as they were sitting in the living room there, and I showed them this verse, and I said, there are no gods before our God, and there will be none after. So the Mormon gospel and the hope that's being presented in the Mormon doctrine of salvation, that men may attain exaltation unto godhood, is a false hope, and that is a false message. And they, were, they didn't even look at me. They were reading this verse over and over and over. And when they looked up, you could kind of see the tremendous disappointment of the sudden realization of what the Bible teaches compared to the gospel of Mormonism. So one of the big differences is that the Mormon goal of salvation, attaining Godhood, is contrary to what the Bible teaches. Mortal beings will never become a God. 
there was only one creator of all things and there will always be only one God. Another great difference is what we mean by eternal life. In Mormonism, that means exaltation unto Godhood. And that is attained by faith and good works, progressing to perfection where one may attain worthy standing to attain exaltation unto Godhood. But the Bible teaches salvation in its fullest sense, eternal life, is secured when one believes in Jesus Christ. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. When does a believer have eternal life? When they trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they have the fullness of salvation. Eternal life is attained when one believes in Jesus Christ. It's fully realized when one dies and enters into the heavenly kingdom of God. And heaven is a great and glorious place place for every believer in Jesus Christ. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2.9, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. The glory of heaven in its fullness awaits all those who trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And the Bible doesn't teach that there are three levels of heaven. Revelation chapter 21, John seeing the vision of heaven says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. We will never become a God, but we will dwell with God in heaven and forever serve and worship Him with the saints of all ages. We will not attain exaltation unto Godhood and become just like God to rule over our own kingdom and repopulate a new planet for the spirit children. The Bible teaches that Eternal life is attained when one trusts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It is fully realized when a believer enters into the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God and there will dwell with God forever, never becoming like Him, but being eternal and serving and worshiping Him as the Lord of all creation for eternity. And this gift is attained by faith in the true Jesus Christ and the true message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gift of eternal life is given to us by grace and received by each individual believer by faith in Jesus Christ and in Jesus alone. So in this brief study we can see that the gospel of Mormonism deviates from biblical teaching in very significant ways and it is one that offers a false message and a false hope. And so it is our prayer and desire, as we share with our Mormon friends and family members, to point out the significant differences in the doctrine of God, in the doctrine of Jesus, and in this doctrine of salvation between what Mormonism teaches and what the Bible truly teaches regarding salvation and eternal life. We've run out of time, but thank you so much for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. 
Be sure to join us next time for more in this series on Mormonism. This concludes Pat's study on Mormonism's doctrine of salvation. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please partner with us. Evidence and Answers relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. Log on to our website at evidenceandanswers.org. We do have a wide variety of resources available for you there. And for the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, click on the Donate button on the side of our homepage. Join us again next time on the air or online for more evidence and answers. <laughs>